Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Script Shop is the name of this show. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Jack, and it's Bring Your Baby to Work Day. It is. But I'm not the baby in this scenario. <laughs> no, that's right. Let's, let's specify because it's radio and people need to know. Uh, I'm Allison. And today in the studio, we have baby Olive with us, as well as my sweet darling husband, husband Philip. Yeah. And and Philip is somewhat replacing the role of Frank on yes, the show today. We love Frank. Because Frank's got like paying work that he needs to do. I know. Frank's got his grown up stuff mm-hmm. that grown ups do yeah, on the weekends. Couldn't sacrifice his Sunday evening to do this nonsense <laughs> with us, apparently. Yeah. No, I brought my family. Yeah, I so I'm I don't know. What the his dog excuses. isn't running around. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, listeners, we actually do have Philip. In the studio tonight, he's going to read some of the roles that Frank usually does for us on the mm-hmm. air. And because Philip and I are both here, our three-month-old daughter, Olive, is mm-hmm. here in the studio with us. You've seen tonight. her pictures online, and now yes. you p- potentially hear her cooing and Ye- making crying, baby noises. maybe. So just bear with us in this recording as we, all of us here in the studio and on the phone, you know, we're figuring it out as we go along. That's what parenting is. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is our podcast called Script Shop, where yes. we talk to screenwriters about what they have written for the screen. And why they wrote it and what it means and why they love it. And usually we try to figure out like what it means in the bigger sense of their life and where it came from and how that relates to the greatness of humanity as a whole. Mm-hmm. And that's really what gets us, you know, jazzed about the show here. We also like talking to people and Hearing yeah. their own little stories about, you know, childhood fun incidents and what influences random things in your life that influence this, uh, the work that you're putting down on paper. It's awesome. And our guest today is Kathleen Wolak. She has written us a seven page short. Um, it's called Timed. And I have that it's very waiting for Godot, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of like sci fi. Yes. There's a supernatural, yes. some kind of supernatural element to it. Yes. Like a supernatural waiting for Godot. I like that mm-hmm. thought a lot. Maybe more like waiting for God Doe. <laughs> Because these guys have, you know, they're controlling. <laughs> they have godlike powers. They do. They're, they, they're, they're special dudes. and they're, I guess uh, if God, I mean, I don't actually know what God's powers are. Right. Well, right? it's kind of everything, right? I guess if you're, if you're believing in the traditional sense of God, mm-hmm. does God make himself hot dogs out of thin air and just like ask them to go into his own mouth? Like, yeah, that's he, a godlike power I would use. Well, the classic question of, you know, could God microwave a burrito so hot that even he couldn't eat it? <laughs> It's one of those like cosmic paradoxical questions. That, is this a thing? Because I've never heard that question. I don't know. It, it may be okay. a thing. Well, I hope it's a thing now because that's funny. Right. And hot burritos are like awful because you want to eat them right away. I know. And you burn your mouth because yeah. you made them too hot. Yes. I know. Yeah. That's, that's the question. Anyway, if you have a script that you want us to read. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. I had a great idea on the way here and I'm going to bring it up right now. Okay. Okay. If you have a script that you want us to read, submit it on Film Freeway mm-hmm. or go to scriptshopshow.com slash submit. But when you submit in your submission form, include the term hot burrito. 
That way we know that you listen to the show. Oh, my. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. And if you're listening to the show, we might as well put your script near the front of the line because we are really grateful for all of the scripts that we're getting in. Yes. We're getting in tons and tons and tons of scripts, and we love them. So we're just trying to see, you know, who is interested and bump into the front of the line if they can. I mean, actually, this is a really good idea. I'm, I'm totally down for so this. So hot burrito mm-hmm. hot is burrito the phrase. To, to get us to maybe grease the wheels for you to yep. bring you. Okay, yeah. Get you, right? Great idea. I dig this very much. Cool. So hot in addition burrito. to film, film freeway <laughs> hot burrito style, uh, we are online, scriptshopshow.com. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. There's also We're on Instagram. There's all sorts of various. Fun things out there. Internet sundries in which you can uh, check us out and yes. interact with us. I'm going to shout out to Frank and Jack, because when I was out on maternity leave, the two of them really took over the social media accounts. Yes. And one did it incredibly so much better than I could have ever done by myself. Well, you're sweet. And two, every Wednesday when we release a new show, they record videos that are freaking hilarious. Well, Frank does a great job. Well, Frank does do a good job, but especially with the noir one we did and you were being all noir-like. When I'm sitting in my garage of my apartment building with an overcoat on and sweating because it yeah. was like 90 and humid that day. Yeah, but see, Jack's a grown man recording selfie videos of himself sitting in his garage in, in an dark. overcoat. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it was pretty They're fun. amazing. So check those out each Wednesday when a new episode releases. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, we put those all up on the, the Twitter and the Facebook. They're fun. Uh, okay. The other big thing... Yep. I think we're probably thinking on the same thing, right? Let's say, okay, on the count of three, say the full name, right? Okay. One, two, three. Independent Film, Film Festival. Festival. Yes, good. we did. Okay, great. Glad that we're still in sync here. So August 23rd, 24th, 25th, 2018, we have the Independent Film Festival in Cincinnati, Ohio. This is a brand new film festival that we have developed with a team of awesome, amazing Cincinnatians. Yes. We are showcasing, one, what makes Cincinnati an amazing place to film and create a film. And uh, two, all the incredible work that you get from independent filmmakers. One thing for sure, passes are available. So if you are looking to come to Cincinnati, maybe take a little weekend trip this summer. Cincinnatifilmfest.org. You can get passes, uh, day passes, three-day passes, VIP VIP passes. passes. The whole shebangabang is uh, available to you. Cindependentfilmfest.org. Org. That's independent, obviously, with a C, C. because it's Cincinnati. And, hey, that's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, if you're if you like the show, if you like what we're doing... If and why wouldn't you? And why wouldn't you, of course. If you like babies, go to patreon.com. Mm, yes. <laughs> Look up Script Shop Show. But only if you like babies. <laughs> if you don't like babies, then get We don't here. want your money. <laughs> get, get online. That's not true. We want your money we if like, you don't like babies or not. Yeah. You can pledge um, any amount of money you'd like towards producing the show we'd be happy to take good care of your money for you yes that would be cool so patreon.com script shop show okay well i am excited to get into our let's do it you want to just go right into it because yes yes we've got kathleen patiently waiting here on the line and i'm excited to talk to her hello kathleen wolak are you there hi there how are you guys doing what's going on how are you oh fantastic Mm -hmm. thanks for coming on the show we really appreciate it Oh, this is, thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. This is such an honor, you guys. Well, oh, that, that's, our pleasure. Well, we're thank excited you. about it because we're both big fans of your script. We enjoyed it very much, and yes. we're excited to talk to you about Timed. Timed. Thank you. Where are you calling us from, Kathleen? I'm Hamden, Connecticut. Connecticut. Hamden, Connecticut. Hamden. What is it like there? Yeah. Fancy. <laughs> of the Connecticut Warlocks. Of the no oh, hot dogs no. allowed from God in this area, yeah. Of the Connecticut Warlocks. <laughs> Have you lived there your whole life? 
I actually, so I lived here in Hamden my entire life, yes, until I was 28, and I made the, um, I guess you can call it mistake, or um, happy accident of going to law school. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then I dropped out of law school mm-hmm. a year later and moved, right, uh, moved back to my hometown, actually. Um, not back with my parents, so we found our own uh, little nest. But, um, yeah, so I was, I was here for my entire life except for a year off. Um, to struggle in law school and then come back. What were you What were you doing before you decided to go into law school? So I was actually writing. Um, I have a, a few novels out. I was doing a lot of writing, and I, I was really attempting, as weird as it sounds, to get into acting. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's not that weird. We're a screenplay show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> kind of all over the place yeah it was, i think it was weird because I, I am i was definitely not meant to act and i feel like it took like a lot of like people watching my auditions and telling me that <laughs> this is not for you okay but so but then you were also doing you you said you've written some prose yes i have i have um three uh young adult novels that i uh from between the years of 2014 to 2017 um, that are out, uh, and I had a whole bunch of short stories, short horror, short sci-fi pieces that have been in cool. you know, all the like, yeah. literary thing, uh, magazines and journals and stuff, but um, I was thinking, I don't know what I was thinking, I was like, well, this isn't making me the money I really want, let me just go to law school and, and you know, just <laughs> make myself miserable. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I, I realized that you really have to, like, follow your dream and not, right. not you know, do something just for what you think will happen. Well, you had to try. You know, there's nothing no. wrong with trying. Exactly, exactly. It was, it was very. My father's a lawyer, and I should have uh-huh. like what it does to you, but I, <laughs> I had to give it a go. I don't know much about the publishing world, but I would imagine that the YA scene has got to be crazy competitive. It is very saturated, so it is a very competitive scene. Now, were you it was very, very hard? Were you publishing? Were you self-publishing, or did you have you know, a publisher? Actually. Uh, no, I actually did find, I found three uh, really great publishers. Uh, I think one of them actually is two, and it might be actually out of business at this point, but um, maybe two great publishers. Um, they're really great independent houses that were really, you know, really sweet about sort of finding like new authors and trying to bring their, they were really great. So um, I actually have one more book I always forget to mention because it was when I wrote it actually when I got out of law school, it's actually an erotica book. Oh. <laughs> Let's read excerpts so actually, from that on the show. <laughs> That's a different type of screenplay. What, what, what's the title of that one? <laughs> the title actually is Windblown. That was pinned to the top of your Twitter feed, and I was—I remember seeing the picture that's associated with it, and I remember thinking, "This looks somewhat risque." <laughs> I'm totally digging this. Just Jack's pulling it up real yeah, quick. Hey, I want to see the cover. Well, this is the. Uh... Oh, I love. Oh, ooh. Oh. I mean, really, that publisher really takes care of their cover. Yeah, they do. Know. That guy's pants look like they're gonna fall off. First of all, the dude on this cover <laughs> like is his massive dick is gonna push his pants off. <laughs> this dude is carved out of wood on this picture right here in front. And he has glasses on, so you know he's a lawyer. Oh, right, that's man, how you know he's, he's smart. smart. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's smart enough to use protection. Mm, maybe that's Honestly, a plot point. About that. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, <laughs> what, what I wanted to ask you what the, uh, the young adult novels were titled as oh, well. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, so my first young adult novel was titled The Tasteless. The Tasteless. Um, oh, okay. Sort of about like a Hollywood child star's journey, oh. you know, back to normalcy. 
Um, wow. The second one was Down Magic's Path, which was like a historical fiction, takes place in sort of a 1920s um, era, uh, Louisiana, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third was Stars of Man, which is sort of a kind of like a David Lynchian take on prep school. <laughs> okay. Cool. Those sound really great. Oh, thank you. So when did you make the pivot from doing traditional book writing and getting more into writing screenplays and stuff? Right. It's all kind of well, related actually, here. When I got out of, when I dropped, when I stopped law school, I was like, I've always wanted to write screenplays. I've always really wanted to. And of course, it's a really hard world to navigate and sort of know, you know, what path to go down with it. And finally, one day, because I, because thank God for Film Freeway. Because I was yeah. like, you know, looking at how do you even get your stuff out there? And, that's, and this is this great, you know, service that does that for you. Like, you, it makes it very you know, user-friendly. And so I was like, let me actually give it a go and actually try to do this thing I've always wanted to do and just never really had, like, the confidence. Yeah. <laughs> and that was what really did it. I was like, I just, you finally, like, live life and do what you want to do. <laughs> Can we talk about that a little bit more? Because that seems like it's been a theme recently for you that maybe you've been pulled away from figuring out what it is you actually wanted so i just want to know what that journey has been like for you oh yeah of course it was like i think it's because you know when you're right like writing is is sort of a hard it's a hard game to really break into anyway like no matter what writing you do and like really getting your voice heard and really just trying to get your stuff out there it's sort of it can be very discouraging and also like all the rejection letters of course like everyone knows those are just very like you know it it helps you build a thick skin but it can kind of like shatter your confidence a little bit so I think I was just sort of like my entire life I was always trying to go after this dream and I kept kind of like not getting quite to where I wanted to get so that kind of made me think, oh, gosh, I should just get, like, you know, the real job or, like, the real, you know, like, something that's more grounded. And um, I think what that really taught me was a year in something that I really was not meant to do really taught me, like, you really have to follow, you know, what you know and do what you love or, you know, you're going to be miserable no matter what, even if you do make a ton of money. Right. Yeah. I get that. So I thought, and I also have this tattoo on my arm. Do you guys know the movie Step Brothers? Yes. Uh, yes, yes, of do course. Do we know the movie okay. Step Brothers? We live and breathe, Kathleen. <laughs> oh, thank God. Because <laughs> I have, you know the line from the end of the movie where the father says to the son, don't lose your dinosaur? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have that tattooed on my arm. That's oh, great. You're so cool. That's super cool. Don't lose your dinosaur. That's amazing. I have to follow my tattoos. You didn't want to. You, you didn't want to go for like this house is a prison on planet bullshit or anything like that instead. <laughs> I should have done that. Yeah. Uh, I love that scene where they're singing badly in the car. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. No, is that that is oh Step God, Brothers? The, oh, the yeah. Guns and Roses song. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he starts yelling at his wife for being like off key. That is so You're funny. Flat. Yeah, it's very good. Did you touch my drum set? So, how many <laughs> screenplays have you written, Kathleen? So we have this one, and I've actually been working on a pilot um, uh, for a television show that I've just been uh, crazy, crazy focused on lately, which it's sort of a semi-auto. I I actually also uh, was involved with politics for a little while. Oh, wow. Mm. (laughs) I I served on the Board of Education in my town and everything, and that was another thing I shouldn't have been, I had no business doing. (laughs) And um, so it's kind of, so the uh, pilot we're working on is kind of just a... um, a, uh, a sort of a semi-autobiographical, I should say, about someone who, uh, like a stoner, uh, 30-year-old 
uh, law school dropout, so very um, autobiographical, who accidentally becomes mayor of a town. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. <laughs> this is so funny. The pilot, and actually, the, our pilot episode did win um, a semifinalist in the Page Turner screenplay competition, cool. so I was like, I'm, so I was very happy about that. That's awesome. I was like, okay, this is something people might want to see. So then I'm curious now, so talking about the books that you read, like the, the, the books that you've written, this Tasteless, which you said is about sort of like a child star coming to grips with growing up. Uh, you're talking about this series where somebody accidentally becomes mayor of their town. Yeah. Where does, how does Timed figure right. in? Because this is a real specific story about two guys that are more than guys that are just sort of sitting in a park watching humanity and like commenting it's on very humanity. very philosophical. Yeah. Where, how, where, where did this come from out of you? <laughs> where did I pull this from? Yeah. Um, I think it was honestly like after sort of going through, I want to, I'll call it, this is not to sound short, like an existential crisis. <laughs> I kind of just like got to really thinking about like, everything in its most basic form and like how, you know, we, you know, just sort of like human behavior really like plays into every decision we make and how everything, you know, if we just were to sit and observe like a scene in life, how silly everything we think is important is because there's so much going on that, you know, nobody's actually paying attention to anybody else. Yeah. And these guys being as like sort of observers on the outside looking in, they can, they can see the forest for the trees, so to speak. Exactly. It's like a, a, a talent that we wish we all should have. We all, you know, we all can't at all. Nobody could have. It. Right. You need to be like an outsider, another worlder. Do you feel like a little bit of an outsider? Is there anything like a, a bit of truthfulness in what these guys are being on the outside looking in? Is that do you find yourself feeling that way sometimes? I wish I could be that way. I, I, I always try to strive to be like a very objective in like everything. Like you know, when you approach everything, you want to do it sort of objectively. So you know, you're you're more of like a rational thinker because you know when you approach something with like a lot of emotion or subjectively, it could really like kind of mess up you know your end game. So yeah. I try really hard to be that way, but I feel like I fail most of the time. Well, I feel like that trait would kind of come in handy if you're trying to become a lawyer, right? The whole moral oh, vacuum yeah. thing? Very much so, yeah. I think that was actually why I didn't assume uh, like, you, you can't like always like keep your emotions. And, I was, and it, it would just, you know, it would, it would be an amazing gift to have. But I can see my father definitely has that gift. You wanted something that you could put more of yourself into, which screenwriting definitely yeah, for suits sure. that. Yeah. What do you think we should read? Go I ahead and should. read the script. I'm excited. Okay, too. let's see. Let's get uh, Philip situated. Philip's got the baby in his arms. Philip's been very patiently Aww. pacing and I'm keeping put the headphones on him, keeping the baby on a bounce to keep her calm and chill. Aww. And she's so sweet. <laughs> Little baby Olive was just born at the end of March. Oh my God! Congratulations. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. She's real tiny and very sweet. I and love that name, Olive. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're very lucky to have her here in studio today. And if she could just read, it would be even ha- it'd be even more of a of an assist. But she's getting there. Get it together. Come on, Olive. Olive. Learn to read already. <laughs> Come on. Wasting all of our time. All right. So, okay. uh, Philip, you want to say hi to everybody? Hey, how's it going, everybody? There we go. This is the oft mentioned Philip. Yes, yes, I love him so much. Baby. I make fun of him so much on the show. I don't really make fun of you. I just Not really. You come up on the show a lot. Baby in hand trying to read. This should be pretty Aww. good. <laughs> this will be fine. Kind of sweet pea. Okay, so um, Kathleen, we're going to just, we're going to pot you down for a little bit. We'll be back with you in just a few minutes. We're going to go ahead and read your script we're for our read listeners. Timed. Timed. Um, and in this, in this read listeners, um, Jack will be playing man number one. Philip will be reading for man number two and also the character of husband. Mm-hmm. I will be doing all of the stage directions and the character of 
woman. I believe you are a woman. Yeah. Husband and woman. Okay. So, everybody ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fade in. Exterior. Busy. Park. Parents and children mill about, many on their phones or distracted. A well-dressed, silver-haired man, man number one, sits on a park bench, absent-mindedly eating peanuts and tossing the shells to his feet. Another man, man number two, this one a bit younger and more casual, joins him. Twelve on the tick. Your kind is very punctual. Time may be a man-made construct, but I like to abide by it when I can. He glances curiously at his watch. Amazing how they let it run everything for them, isn't it? Man number one nods, and they turn to survey the scene in front of them. A child runs by with the harried mother running after him. (laughs) They let just about everything in the world run them, don't they? The child is about to run off the edge of the park into traffic. Man number one lifts his hand in an apparent attempt to magically stop the child, but man number two grabs man number one's wrist. Wait. The mother scoops her child into her arms with no incident. Man number two releases man number one's wrist. Fascinating. Well, anyway, suppose we better get on with it. No use taking in the scenery. He crumples the paper bag that held the peanuts and it vanishes. He rises from the bench, but man number two holds his hand up. What's your rush? I've only just gotten here. Frankly, I was looking forward to spectating. What's this job without its benefits, right? Man number one sighs, but slowly sits back down. (sighs) All right, then. With whom would you like to start? How about the young mother and her almost departed son? Fortunate play on one of our parts, no doubt. Man number one points at the woman who is holding her son, chastising him for running towards the street. Time stops, and we see a dreamlike glimpse into the woman's life. It is a chaotic scene. The wife is being screamed at by her husband as the boy wails in the background. Do you want the truth? The God's honest truth? I hate being here. That's why they keep sending me on these trips. Because I asked them to, so I can have five goddamn minutes of silence. The husband storms out on his frightened, crying wife, and a door slams. The memory dissipates, and we are back at the park bench. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. They see each other out mm-hmm. only to grow resentful, but after procreating. Magically producing a cigarette? It's my understanding that sometimes it's because of the procreating. And here she is, with her son, hiding all of it. Not exactly. See, the reason little beaver over there almost bit it was because instead of watching her kid, our heroine was over there reading her husband's emails, text messages, and various other forms of communique they used to lie to each other. And do you think that after all of that, she even found a shred of evidence to support her paranoia? Of course not. Mr. Clever isn't that careless after all. Clever fellow can hide just about anything, including my friend. Oh, there's more? I'm just getting started, including, as I was saying, a detailed schedule for his mistress, who happens to be right over there, guzzling pills like cough drops. See her next to the lake? Man number two points behind him to a beautiful woman who is staring at the lake. She drops a pill bottle on the ground as man number one clucks his tongue. Is that why you wanted to hang around here so badly, to fulfill your sick fantasy of living in a soap opera? Excuse me, Sir Pretentious of Stuffington Manor, (laughs) but I happen to find these little outings interesting. You're getting a rare opportunity here to see them interact and live and pretend. They are delightfully clueless. It's, well, it's fascinating to say small world here a lot. I think I'm beginning to see why.
And what is it that you intend to do with all your information about them? How does it further your purpose to know who is betraying whom? Man number two holds his finger to his lips and points back to the lonely woman standing near the lake. Just watch. The lonely woman looks over her shoulder and shudders before walking, fully dressed, into the lake. Pan out to reveal nobody is paying attention as the woman drowns herself. Man number two now points to the mother and boy. The boy is facing the lake and is desperately trying to get his mother to turn around. Finally, she does and sees the woman floating head down in the lake. Oh my God! She rushes over to the lake with her son, alerting people on the way. The mistress is dragged from the lake and given CPR. We see she is all right as an ambulance blares in background. See? Timing. Everything is timing to them. Can we get on with it? Uh, Yes, fine. But you know, we are going to miss the best part. Man number one raises his hand and urges man number two to do the same. As they bring their hands down, hard cut to black. The end. And that's it. The Holy end. Holy cow. We what like this is, one. What's going on here, people? What's going on? That was amazing. Thank you. Oh, God. That was so nice. Jesus, <laughs> Kathleen, this script is just full. I like this one. So much. Oh, my God. Oh. Thank you. It's oh. incredible. It's nuts, isn't it, Philip? That's great. I am so honored. Thank you. Where do we even start with this? I feel like we could almost go page by page. We could. Let me, let me start off on this tack. Uh, Kathleen, do you consider yourself a religious person? Yeah, I do, I do, and I, I'm not like a fundamentalist. I do, I believe I'm. I, I don't want to be like I'm spiritual, not religious. I'm a religious light person. Yeah. Okay. Religious light. I am. Because <laughs> I'm always curious like, when is that coming in the little packets in the yeah, next yeah. to the Kool Aid? Yeah, it's the religious diet. Light. It's <laughs> diet religious. Because I'm, I'm always interested when you when when you have scripts that do sort of get into humanity and like yeah. these sort of otherworldly beings. I'm just sort of curious how that may fit into your sort of specific view of the universe i yeah i feel like that is i i do i definitely believe in god and i believe um that you know a lot of our morals are wrapped up in i think a lot of like modern day a lot of our morals are wrapped up in sort of the wrong things you know like fundamentalist sort of uh rules that are very much not beneficial to everybody um so i do i feel like this kind of points a little bit of that out, how we have all these sort of arbitrary sort of things setting up people and making them feel bad about things they shouldn't feel bad about. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that thought, the thought that like, you know, there are all of these rules and these parameters that we're putting on our lives that are essentially meaningless. Mm. The exactly. the men in the script talk about that and the construct of time. Right. Why did you take that big idea and focus it specifically on the construct of time? Um, I've always felt time itself is so, um, I know it's not technically man-made, but the way we view time is very arbitrary, I feel. Like, you know, I once read this thing that, you know, birds don't respond to time, animals don't respond to time, humans are the only ones who are a slave to time. And we base so much of our lives around it. And I feel if we could just let go a little bit, we'd be a lot happier. You know, does let go a little bit mean like, you know, put your phone down on the weekends? Or does it mean exactly. like that as a society, there's got to be a major shift? I mean, I wish we, there could be, if it was a major, that would be really a lot. That'd be awesome. That'd be a lot to ask for. But yeah, I feel like the little things we could do, like, because I, I do, I believe that being on our phones all the time and always being distracted it isn't helping. Like we, it definitely puts us further and further into that sort of cage. 
Um, and, it, and all the, you know, multiple screens. And I mean, I'm a person who definitely is always on the phone when the TV's on. I, and I hate that I'm like that, but like, it's sort of just habit now for everybody. And it makes us, it gives us this sort of undue stress and this more awareness of time as, you know, in general, because we're always looking at a screen that has like a clock on it. Um, yeah. So I feel like it's, yeah, you know, our phones have it, our computers, our TVs even have it. It's time is always like looking at us in the face and like stressing us out. Yeah. So it feels like it relax a bit. We just be like such a happier society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could get that. That the need to just like lighten up just a little bit. Yeah, just overall could help. Yeah, just back off a little bit. And, and you know, the, uh-huh. the moment as they're sort of looking at their watches, and these two beings, whoever they are, are, are so taken with the idea that people are just ruled by every little tick of that clock. Yes. Yeah. So who, yeah, it's true. <laughs> who uh, do you have more of a thought of who these guys are yeah. who, or who are these guys oh, to you what at least? These guys are too. Yeah. I was thinking I was at first I was thinking, could these be sort of like God and the devil? You know, sometimes like, you know, when they come together to play a chess game, like um, mm-hmm. maybe that's cool. Two polar opposites, but they have this one sort of main goal of whatever, you know, happens when cut to black. And then I was also I'm sort of I'm a big, big uh, Twin Peaks fan. <laughs> Okay. Sure. Um, so if you know they had those like otherworldly beings, you know, in that show that weren't really good or bad, they were just kind of controlled the mm-hmm. universe a little bit. Right. I kind of thought they could also be sort of identified in that way, but I kind of like the idea that they're perhaps being God and the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I jotted down as I was reading it sort of the vibe that I got from these two guys. One of the things I thought of was the interaction that between Bartleby and Loki, between Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in Dogma. <laughs> One of my all-time favorite books, which I've talked about on the show a lot, Good Omens, between uh, Aziraphale, the angel, and Crowley, the demon, uh, they're sort of back and forth commenting on humanity. I thought you sort of hit in all those veins. Oh, thank you. So, oh, God, the bar- I love the, the talk about things. Especially, thank you. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's exactly it. Like, two observers that don't really benefit or, you know, anything from the scene, but they have, like, a objective. <laughs> which one would be which, do you think? Hmm. hmm. I like I like man number one. Oh, I want man, yeah, man number two would definitely be like the Matt Damon. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and man number one would definitely I think more like serious. Man, man number two is the one that says wait when he yeah he lets wait. the humanity thing sort of play itself out right. And man number one is exactly. the one that wants to interject himself to save the child right. That's so interesting. Uh, so is this. This, what, five pages or whatever, is this sort of part of a larger story that you would want to tell, or do you feel like it's pretty well self-contained here? I would be interested in, I, I'm really a fan of, like, anthology-type um, movies, oh, yeah. and, you know, and they have, a, a kind of the way Quentin Tarantino, where they do sort of chapters, but if there's, like, a common theme, I would love if, to somehow expand it into something like that, like maybe, like, an overarching theme, and have to see, like, a chapter in a movie mm-hmm. um but yeah i'd also be very willing to try to expand it or you know i love working with this kind of material <laughs> so it would be if you're talking an anthology would it focus on say these two guys and then them just checking out people or would it be more focused on like the woman and the mistress or just the I, world humanity in general i would actually love that they were it was, it was sort of framed by just these two sort of other worlders sort of going around right um, exploring the different, uh, you know, abstract ideas that humans are so bound to. Yeah. I think that'd be really interesting. Well, it's a, as a writer, it's a really good, like, hook to get you through a lot of different stories. You could basically draw whatever metaphor you want if you have these two blank 
good versus evil things. Mm-hmm. It'd be exactly. Inter- it'd be interesting to see like how they change as they yeah, go through. Yeah, they are affected. Yeah. yeah, the humanity story and how that develops them and if they're possible. I'm sorry, I'm just really getting into like the yeah, philosophy sure. of this now. Well, and there's a, there, there's a weird thing too. If you're trying to write for these characters who are sort of beyond what we consider normal and human and all this and that, is it sort of hard to get your head outside of the box of like the reality that we all know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you have to really, it's, it's you to get sort of removed from how, because, you know, you're in the world or like, you know, we're so involved with all the things in the world that, you know, affect us. It, it's so hard to sort of turn back and really think like, what if not, nothing that affects humans affected you? Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, money and time and all that stuff. Like, what what would your like narrative be? Or what would your inner monologue be? <laughs> well, and even talking about these guys that are sort of framed as like a god and devil type thing in terms of like good and bad, that's right. still our limited maybe perception of what that really is. And if these guys are outside yeah. of that, you're, it, it's it's a real blank canvas, I feel like. Yeah. Right, yeah. You, you know, what is good? What is evil? You know, it's like all these questions. <laughs> uh, you know, like as a, a as a person in your real life, how do you set yourself up to like think through this enough that you can then put it into a script? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have to say, let's. I think I have... I'm going to say cannabis is a big help. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that you say I'm kidding, but I'm not thinking, you know. I'm, that's like appropriate for the show. <laughs> no, this is a but podcast. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> like, thank God. Even yes. Cannabis, um, gets me into a very, like, hel- I think a very healthy mind sort of frame of trying, because that's a really great way to sort of let go and just think and just sit and think what is it in life that is, you know, so important and how can we sort of push that aside and get to like the real heart of what life is supposed to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if you're talking anthology too, I mean, so say this one, they're sort of sitting around talking about time, but I mean, these guys could get into the concepts of love and friendship and all sorts of, you know, exactly. uh, abstract concepts that matter so much to us as people. That's really interesting. Oh, that's, 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 yes, exactly. That'd be, and you'd, you'd be like, you'd want to see it. So how do they come up with how do right. they think about, you know, these things that drive us crazy? <laughs> do you know what this makes me think about now? What, what's that? We, so, uh, Kathleen, you, I don't think you'll be familiar with this because we did a show right at the beginning um, from a writer named Ron Podell. Mm-hmm. And he had this uh, beat poem that he turned into a screenplay. And it was oh. all about how people were connected and oh, right. what they meant and then how their lives like intersected with each other and what i'm thinking about when we talk about this idea of this anthology that could potentially grow out of this script is like well then we go back to the characters the mistress Mm -hmm. the mother the son and how those lives intersect each other and they may only really get a glimpse into one piece of each other's lives but we as outsiders get to see like a lot more of the impact that people actually do have and how connected people are in this small world that we construct for ourselves, really. Yeah, yeah, right. I love those connections. I love anything that does those connections and, you know, those overarching connections. Those are always so poignant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything in your life that feels poignant like that? Um, Me personally? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. (laughs) Anything in my life that feels poignant, like, I suppose um, just sort of going about my like everyday life and trying to sort of make and 
meet while sort of chasing down like what I guess many people would consider a very impossible dream Mm -hmm. in the face of like, you know, parents and, you know, acquaintances and everything like sort of telling you to be a more grounded person in general. Mm. I feel like that kind of goes towards that because you have to take stock of what's like really important and not important to other people, but like, and not really sort of going by their constructs, but by going by your own, Mm -hmm. I guess would be the biggest parallel I could draw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as this specific script goes, I mean, was this just sort of a writing exercise for you? Or, I mean, you've talked about maybe how you would like to expand it. Is this something maybe you'd look into producing at some point? I would, oh my gosh, I would, I would would die. I would love that if I could somehow get that produced, of course. Yeah, this was, I really, because I really wanted to try to sort of write something that, I, I wanted to start obviously with a short script so I could really get like the formatting down and really try to get um, how like the beats of the script are supposed to go. And, um, but yeah, I would just love to some, someday produce this in some way. If I could find, you know, get the connections to do that, that would just be amazing. That would be a dream come true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you thought about producing it yourself? Um, I would, I, I, if I had, you know, the means to do that, I would be, I would love to be able to do that. Cause mm-hmm. I know one of our, also like my husband and I's far off dreams, of, like having a production company one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Like very far in the future. Um, but yeah, I would absolutely love to be able to produce it myself if, if you know, I could. <laughs> I feel like those dreams aren't that far off. I don't think honestly. so. I, could, I feel like this is a fairly, I mean, there's there's a little forward. bit of effect work with the flashbacks and, you know, maybe. Freezing things. Yeah, making things disappear and stuff. But I mean, it feels doable. Yeah. You guys are awesome. You're so, this is making me feel awesome. This is very encouraging. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think you could do this. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, yeah, shorts are usually, yeah, it's a little, you know, some slate of hand stuff with you, but that's, you know, that's, you can do anything with computers. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the convenient part about that. Uh-oh, little sweetie pies. Olive's exiting the building. Yeah, she's got to take a breather. She's getting taken outside. <laughs> what you get for being a baby. Yeah. Learn Aww, to come back when you know how to read, baby. Olive. <laughs> oh, baby girl. Yeah, because this is a five-page, five, it's seven pages, but that's like a title mm-hmm. and something. It's a five-page short of basically two guys having a conversation intercut with action that yeah. doesn't have lots of purpose. I think that would be the best. Oh, that's a good idea to make the, some cool. of the stuff disappear. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, oh, that'd be so fun. Two for one right there. Yeah, save yourself some production budget. There. <laughs> yeah, there we go. You gotta hire some magicians. Where do you find magicians these days? Just yell for everybody to freeze on set yeah. when things like when time freezes. That's right. so fun. <laughs> no, it's amazing what people can do on low budget. Like, uh, you know, I've been reviewing film submissions for this independent film festival, and it's always so impressive to me when I find something that I can tell the budget is really low on the short, but the short is like, teaches me something new yeah. still about how somebody can make the story happen or about how they worked the story into what their budget is anyway. It's very impressive what you can do. If, and they have so much heart when they do it. Yes. Like you tell so much went into it, like of, their, of themselves. <laughs> yeah. This would be even cool to see on stage. This would be, I feel like, pretty easy to have in like a, if there was some sort of like, you know, people coming together to do just little short one acts and stuff. And this would yeah. be pretty easy to act out on stage too. Yeah. I bet it, well, yeah, it really is, it is kind of like play-like. I think like my mother read it and she said that. She's like, oh, it's just like a play. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's, yeah, I think it could be a play. That's awesome. I mean, it sounds like there's just plenty of opportunity then. I think so. Um, I did have another question, though. I want to circle back to, um, was there any specific reason why you chose the relationship between, like, the mistress mm, and the mother with the son in the story? Like, where did... I was trying to think of, like, the most, 
what's like the most contentious relationship that can be forged by accident? Like a mother meeting her husband's mistress or a wife meeting her husband's mistress, like that would never probably go well. So I was trying to think, well, what's like, a, like, a, like the worst type of relationship for two people to have to come together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, all of a sudden, you, oh, my gosh, you just saved my life. Hi, I'm so-and-so. Exactly. Oh, I think we have someone in common. Yikes. We have something in common. You yeah. yeah. I almost feel like the mistress knows. Yeah. It, it, she, that's exactly. It'll be, it'll be very interesting if she somehow knew, oh, crap. This is, yeah, like if she's this forcing a hand or something. Twice. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Well, it just opens up again, like the anthology aspect of this. That right. this could that you could take this in so many directions, mm-hmm. and you know, based on the way you write, I'm sure it would be very, very impactful. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, that's so great. God, you got. I'm gonna call you every day. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, so uh, Kathleen, if there are people who are listening who uh, heard your script get read, get read in get that, read. I talk good. You're going to Texas with me now. <laughs> Listen, folks, I'm a professional speaker, and that's just the way it happens sometimes. <laughs> Um, if there are people out there that are interested, maybe they've read the script on scriptshopshow.com or they've heard it uh, produced here on the show in radio form, what's a good way for people to get in touch with you? Um, my Twitter is at W-O-L-A-K underscore mm-hmm. Kathleen. Um, I have also um, a Facebook account under the name of Rwanda Jameson. R-O-W-L-A-K. Well, I can't believe we haven't talked about Rwanda Jameson. Hold on right a second. Now. Pump the brakes. Let's go. Rwanda Jameson. Who's this lady? Rwanda Jameson is a collection of ideas. Yeah, that Smart. sounds about right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> She's, um, it's, a, it's an account my husband and I came up with to sort of try out like jokes. Like we come up with one-liners. We try them out. It's like basically like, there's like 40, Rwanda has very few friends. She has like 47 friends. But we sort of try out our comedy on there. We sort of make announcements. It's connected to my Facebook page. Kathleen Wallace author is my professional Facebook page. Okay. Um, Rwanda Jameson's more casual. She's a casual gal. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> that sounds like that could be a pretty good name of a production company. That was, I was, no, I'm not even lying to you. I was thinking that yesterday. I was like, let's just make Rwanda Jameson like our, our whole company. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's one, of, it's one of my favorite things of watching indie movies, and you get like, you know, little studio after little studio and production house that was participating in it before it got distributed, and this, and it's always like real personal, random names of things that clearly just mean something to whoever's running that little house. Exactly. It's so sweet and special, and you see the card for it, you're like, oh, that must mean something. That's so sweet. Yeah, yeah. I always dig that. It's definitely there. Well, Kathleen, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really do appreciate your time and your writing. And uh, folks, if you're listening, you should, if you haven't, if you didn't listen to us read it, which why wouldn't you? Because you started from the beginning of the show. Because <laughs> they got interrupted. They didn't tune in and... halfway through. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, scriptshopshow.com slash scripts is where uh, you can uh, find this. Yep. Oh, thank you so much, you guys. This is an amazing, amazing experience. Thanks. Aww. Yeah. Thanks, Kathleen. Yeah, she's nice. That was awesome. That was great. I started like getting lost in my mind. Lost in my mind. <laughs> I get lost. That song. Is that a, I don't know that song. What? Sorry. Oh, do you know that song that I'm singing? <laughs> He's just shaking his in head my no. Mind. No, wait, Frank no, was already no, concerned about us. I get lost. Yes, he doesn't want us to get. He copyright. doesn't want us singing songs that could get us in trouble. <laughs>
Well, it's folks, coming to me the more I sing it. Yeah, but she's gonna. I'm gonna have to live with that, and not do it on the show. We're gonna let her play that out for a minute. If you've got, if you're lost in your own mind about <laughs> some piece of writing that you've got, and you'd like to send it to uh, us, please do that. Val. Gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue now. Scriptshopshow.com/slash/submit and also film freeway. And don't forget, if you're listening and you want us to put your script at the top of the line, mm, yes. to use the phrase "hot burrito" somewhere in your profile or mm-hmm. your submission and we'll see it and go oh my gosh this hot burrito knows what's up good lord that's well that's what i we're feel doing like right I'm, I'm just i'm like my <laughs> mind is racing now and i feel like hot burrito is code for something untoward it's, <laughs> it's really not unless you want to i'm not going yeah there. i'm just gonna go there anyway just folks, let your mind wander filthy that's where i was see you there on the next show please uh, leave us a review give us a rating if you're listening to us on itunes or google play uh that's a great way for us to try to get the word out a little bit more uh we're all over the internet scriptshopshow.com along with facebook and twitter and instagram i think baby olive is about to be ig famous after this show <laughs> i wish she's yeah. so cute we're getting there um, and friends, thank you so much. We love doing this show. We've had a great time with you this week. And until next week, that's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West, hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley, produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeart Media Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Script Shop Show.